Welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hi, I'm Tony. Welcome back. And we both just finished the TV show called The Good Place. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. Your request. I mean, Melissa and I had watched seasons one and two or something a couple of years ago. Forgot about it. You just came back to me a few weeks ago and said, you've got to watch the rest of it. So we marshaled through. We started it. That was enough to actually get you to... No, I trust you. I trust your recommendations. So, yeah, we marshaled back through from the beginning to the end in a few weeks. There's some zaniness to slog through a little bit. Yeah, it's a wacky show. But toward the end, I was just completely blown away by this finale and what it got me thinking about in terms of the afterlife. So for those of you that haven't seen it, I should say right now, huge spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. If you're interested in watching it, don't (laughs) listen to this episode. Go watch it and then come back to this episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to spoil so much of the plot. (laughs) But without going through the ups and downs of every season, the basic idea is these four strangers... Uh, meet in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. They've all died. They think they've arrived at the good place. They meet these angels that have kind of set up this little idyllic it's community. Paradise. It looks yeah. like paradise on the surface anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And they come to find out that it's actually the bad place and this kind of innovative demon has selectively chosen these four recent uh, deaths, these yep. people that have died, that will perfectly annoy each other for eternity and uh, right. press their buttons in the right way to where they think they're in the good place, but they're really being tortured by each other, right? Because of their the problems in their relationships and the way and they the relate flaws to each other. in their personality, in their character, right. yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of interesting little plot for a show as the show develops. Like the the main demon Michael grows some affection for the the folks in his torture, torture chamber. They start to realize, like, maybe this whole setup isn't really fair. They're trying to, like, escape the bad place well, that because, they're in. Crucially, the setup is, that, and this might be the way you think or people think, that throughout your life, every deed you do accrues points, either good or bad, positive or negative points, um, based on the goodness or moral value of the action. And then when you die, whatever your point total is, if it's good enough, you'll end up in the good place. And if it's in the negative, you go to the bad place where you're tortured for eternity. So, and it's it's a comedy show. Yeah, yeah. It's so very, they're, they're very like, lighthearted. So they'll poke fun even at that idea, like eating frozen yogurt or something gets yeah. negative points or something. Right. Crazy. Yeah. Well, that ends up being one of the main flaws with this system that they find out is there are unintended consequences for every action that we undertake as humans. So, oh, for hmm. example, Chidi, one of the characters freaks out thinking he's lost so many points because he used to drink a lot of almond milk and he knew it was bad for the environment, but he did it anyway. Or a simple decision like going to the store and buying a tomato has all these unseen consequences about the industries that you're supporting and slave labor or who knows what. So you actually get negative points for doing something that seems kind of healthy and good to do, you know? Yeah. So by the end of the show, we're coming up on the last episode the, the gang of heroes figures out a new system by which basically no one is consigned necessarily to the bad place for mm-hmm. eternity, but everyone keeps having these chances of getting into the good place. Self-improvement. They're given the chance to improve morally over time. Right. And warrant an entry into the good place. And so I just kind of wanted to linger on that for a while and kind of review the show as it portrays the afterlife mm-hmm. and this, what's kind of interesting about it, I guess, I don't know how to take this piecemeal, but um, 
it seems like it's trying to take the best of the different ideas of the world religions yeah. and kind of combine it into this unique expression. Yeah. So so the first part is um, this idea that you just mentioned. Um, instead of like at the end of this one life where the point you just have a point total and if it's good enough, That's you go it. to the good place, bad enough, you're in the bad place. Yeah. Hell, heaven, if you will. Um, you actually get a redo, right? If you didn't make yeah. the cut, yeah. so to speak. You are put back in some other simulation, test, trial. Life. Maybe it's a, another life to live. Yeah. Um, to see if you do better do the next better. time. And you retain some small vague hints about uh, your moral progress. So you have this still small voice of conscience that's guiding you towards mm. right action. And you can choose to listen or not listen to it. And yeah, you're given another chance. Hmm. Yeah. Which is seems kind of like a purgatory idea, right? Isn't that the idea of purgatory that the the dross is burned off you, the moral dross? Mm-hmm. Um, it's purgatorial, similar sure. to reincarnation. I mean, reincarnation is a little bit that way. Also, it has yeah. a it has a purgatorial element. By that, and that just means purging. It's removing the dross, the bad, replacing it with virtue. Yeah, um, that's a point of reincarnation, right? In yeah, I think so. The Eastern traditions certainly that. Not, how you act in one life has consequences for how you will be reborn in the next life. Mm-hmm. And the idea is you increase in virtue until you escape the cycle of samsara and, who knows, dissolve into the right. ocean of being or something. So that, that's one filament of it. But I think what what really had me emotionally gripped and engaged in this whole show and particularly this final episode was just how they were portraying the what it's like of being in paradise. The good place. The good place. Because they do eventually get to the good place. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, but we warned you earlier. Yeah. They do get to the good place, and what they quickly discover is there's some problems with the good place. Because it's a, it's a paradise that, you know, it's clean buildings, well-kept gardens. Uh, any door, There's these doors you can walk through that you can just imagine where you want to go when you walk through it, and you'll be there when, once you get to the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a personal assistant named Janet who can summon any object of your desire. I want a Coke. Okay, she summons it. Yeah. I want, I don't know, a hamburger. She'll summon it instantly. So anything you want, you can have it, as much of it as you want. You can go anywhere you want to, and without end. You're there forever. Yeah. And the, I guess the question is, or the show pokes on that idea and suggests that it, that might not be all it's cracked up to be. Right. That you might become bored. Or, or or in this case, they become sort of mentally soft or something. Like, they're, not, they're no longer ever posed with a challenge or an obstacle. Mm-hmm. And so they just sort of gradually become dumb over time and can't think properly. And do they just sort of lazily hanging around like zombies drinking milkshakes and so the gang has the ear of like some grand architects of how to structure the afterlife and they suggest hey look we got to the good place it kind of sucks yeah what if we introduce this uh opt-out mechanic Mm -hmm. where hey you are welcome to stay as long as you'd like in this paradise but then when you're ready to go you walk through the this little archway and, and you're done. And you're done. And that means something like extinction, annihilation, final death, 
Yeah. You whatever just, words you, you want to use there. Um, you will be no more. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But you can stay there as long as you want. So mm. if you want to live two billion years drinking milkshakes, eight billion, a million million, I don't know, whatever, however long you want. But if you ever reach the point where you're like, I think I've had enough, then you can walk mm. through this door and just be done. Which for me just raises interesting questions. You and I have talked before about yeah. the the desirability of heaven. In fact, you wrote a paper on it, defending the desirability of heaven. That's, which that's sounds, the name of it. That's the name of it. Yeah, you would think heaven would be desirable, but there are those out there who would argue that in we just can't grasp what an infinite length of time would be like, and that given enough time, even even the greatest pleasures would become sickening to you, or you would become totally consumed with boredom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, for, you know, just my own life, I know that the same food that I can really crave once I've had a ton of it can make me sick to look at. I don't want mm-hmm. any more of that. Um, activities that I love forever or like you'll, you never want to return to it. I no, guess if you really abused it, maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some, I don't need to go back to. Yeah. Um, but any any activity that I enjoy doing, whether it's music or it's playing a game, whatever, mm-hmm. eventually, I mean, we've all experienced boredom. You just get sick of this thing that used to bring you so much joy and you used to be so compelled by. Yeah, just can't yeah. stand to do it anymore. So some would argue that this idea of an eternal state after death mm-hmm. would actually become kind of torturous eventually. You'd become... Un- if you were forced to be there. Yeah, yeah. you'd be un unbelievably bored after Mm -hmm. two million years and the question is is that true and in the show like just for some little vignettes you know the different characters have like different vibrant personalities Mm -hmm. and so they kind of give themselves to different types of things in the afterlife like this one character tahani is kind of a performer doer sort of person and so she uh like becomes a master craftsman at all these different yeah disciplines carpentry and who knows what else fencing you name it some activity she's going to become a pro at it she's got so that, all the time in the world so she, yeah all the time imagine however long years t- thousands of years it would to take to do all that expert woodworker yeah it's like at a every, lifetime yeah yeah um some like just did like zen like meditation for a long time mm-hmm. uh maybe some more basal pleasures of just all the good food and drink yeah traveling the world going time traveling through ancient history and kind of looking in on what the world might have been like i mean dress it up however you want to make it as good as you want it to be Mm -hmm. and the point remains eventually you will run into this brick wall so so they say of what what's next is there anything really to look forward to i've done it all and in fact if we really tease this out i mean infinity or forever is a a heck of a long time. It's Yo, well, yeah, you could I've spend, done it an infinite amount of times. That's right. You could spend billions and billions of years and you haven't gotten any closer to the end of things. You know? You mean temporarily. Yeah, temporarily. Yeah. You still have an infinite stretch of time ahead of you. So, mm. I'd love to maybe... I know it's been a few years since you wrote that paper. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you. What were some of your defenses uh, mm-hmm. as you attempted to defend the desirability of heaven? How how might we get out of that problem yeah so one so a couple of terms that might help us that these aren't mentioned in the show of course but uh a renewable pleasure mm-hmm. is just a pleasure that you can partake of more than one time uh so of course if i were to eat 
this brownie, imaginary brownie in my hand, and I ate that. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't do that again, like eat that brownie. Right. It is now gone, you and did. I've digested it. But the activity of just eating brownies, that seems like a pleasurable thing that I can do more than once. I can come back to that. Yeah. And there's a whole host of things like that, just satisfying things on my Maslow hierarchy. Yeah. Uh, each of those things seems like something that I can renew at some point. The desire comes back for it. Yeah, right. Sure. Uh, but the real question is, are any of those renewable pleasures inexhaustible? Mm-hmm. Meaning, if they were exhaustible, that means there will come a point at which I would no longer derive any pleasure from them. It would not be a pleasurable experience to partake of that. Or are there some that are inexhaustible, that you can renew them as many times as you'd like, and there will always be a well to draw from of depth and pleasure to give your your life not necessarily meaning. I don't want to go to meaning quite yet, but but just um, that you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. Uh, Small sample size. I'm mm. 29. I've not gotten sick of eating yet. Every time that hunger comes around... I do want to eat, yeah, and I'm happy when I'm eating, mm-hmm. when I'm hungry. So that's some, like you asked me for some evidence. Yeah. As far as that goes, again, it's not a huge sample size. We're talking about a very, very, very long time in the afterlife. Right. But, uh, yeah, for what it's worth, I, it's, it's come upon me many times in those 29 years. Yeah. Tens of thousands of times, this pang of hunger. Yeah. And I really, really like eating. When, when you have that pang. When that comes upon me. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it is really challenging for me to think of a time when that would no longer be the case. It's almost just part of what, what it means. What it means to have the pang. Yeah, what it right. means to be a human body yeah. and to really want to satiate that desire. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's enough gravitas to want to keep you in the good place. It's just just to eating keep... is why you're here, because it feels good to eat every day. Right. It's this, that lacks a kind of a depth that I think we want or a richness to experience Mm -hmm. that we would want to continue to exist. Uh, A big one that Christians and other um, faiths that would purport to worship a deity Mm -hmm. would include, yeah, this, I can be in relationship with God. And if if God is that being which um, has this infinitude about it, um, a depth of character and love for you, that that, never runs out or would become um, intolerable to be around. Yeah. Which, I mean, the the classic sort of Christian idea of heaven, I think, certainly sort of what I've thought for a long time, yeah. it's, you'll, be, you'll be caught up in rapturous worship for eternity. Well, I, I don't necessarily, I don't know if I want to do that. I was, I was thinking that also yeah. as a young young child you're saying you're not sure if you want to do that for eternity yeah well uh, as it's envisioned you know sometimes in the book of revelation you get this picture of like every knee shall bow we're all in this like huge i don't know congregation outdoor yeah uh arena (laughs) where we're all or a big field or something that stretches as far as the eye could see and every being that has ever existed is there and and we're all whether or not i don't know when you think certain people are consigned to perdition but eventually Whichever of us are left yeah. are then invited to a worship service. What? The angels are playing. I don't know if we have a worship like team. Music or, yeah. 
was that Carrie Job up there singing? Right. I don't know who's leading it, but um, yeah. And then I, I guess God. I guess when I was a kid, I thought God might be just kind of there on the throne. Yeah, and we're just looking at him, and telling yeah. him how good he is. So I don't know if that's really what's going to happen, nor now do I really like want to do that forever. Right. I'd be interested in talking, having a conversation with God. Yeah. Boy. You know, like wouldn't that be good? Yeah. If if there really is this infinite knowledge and love, and could you mm-hmm. ever fully get to know this God, or would there always be some more, some new bedazzlement that would yeah he would strike you with and what's cool about the show is that it kind of reminds you that oh of course if there is an afterlife it just makes sense that it would be kind of like this life right there's there's people i'm presumably i'm embodied Mm because just it's really really difficult to even comprehend or imagine what it might be like if it's not that yeah Um, yeah i'm eating i'm drinking i'm experiencing the world playing games building relationships enjoying friendship see when i think about inexhaustible pleasures uh i wonder if i wonder if relationships are part of that um oh yeah or do relationships to thrive do relationships require novel experiences so I can imagine if you are if you and I mm-hmm. we have a great relation I think we have a great relationship. Yeah. <laughs> if we if we weren't if we every time we got together didn't have new stories to tell or new ideas to discuss would it just get stale? Mm-hmm. Would we eventually grow to hate each other? I just can't stand to look at Clint anymore. Would I reach that point? Because I've I, I mean when I was a teenager shout outs to Jono and Muzz who had come over to my house mm-hmm. they might stay for a couple of days at a time. And then after three days, I'd say to them, all right, you guys need to go. I've had enough. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. love those guys. Um, but eventually, I either want some me time or I've just had a bit, I've just had a bit of enough. You know? Yeah. But then, so surely you'd reach that but point. What, you think, though? Because what you did was, I mean, no, I don't think anyone in the discussion is saying that you would have to keep doing this one thing forever. No. Maybe the worship service people right. say that. but <laughs> Yeah. In this new version, where it's kind of like this life, but way, way better. Yeah. Um, yeah, hang out with your friends for a little bit, and then like, oh, yeah, we hung out, and now I'm going to go, gonna go do, do something else. bocce ball, right. and now I'm going to go see the Parthenon in Greece, Yeah. or I'm going to like just kind of view back the Abraham Lincoln speech. There's a lot you can do. Yeah, you don't have to this... only be with that person. Right, right. Forever. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Okay. Um I think I think games are an interesting potential form okay. of inexhaustible pleasure. Go on. Now, yes. I'm a gamer, so I enjoy yeah. games. Just new WoW expansions forever. <laughs> <laughs> the story keeps going. It would need to be... Well, that's a good... I'm glad you brought that up. It would need to be new games. It would need to be new novel sets of rules and outcomes and, and skills that need to be mastered in order to reach those outcomes. Okay, so this is great. I addressed this in the paper as well. Oh, great. Are there an infinite uh, number of activity kinds that could that you have at your disposal? If so, then the problem is less worrisome. There's always something the problem you haven't of done. Intolerable boredom. Do you th- do you think there are an infinite number of activity I kinds? I don't know. It depends a little bit on the environment you're in. Yeah, I I leave that. Yeah kind of agnostic just kind of really hard to know but it is a possible defense for yeah yeah um the relationship piece yeah or even if you consider spouses or children 
Or what if I don't? This isn't normally taught in Christendom, mm-hmm. but the notion that you might have children in the afterlife. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. While we're just dreaming and speculating, why not, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, does there really come a time where I don't want any more part of that? You know. Uh, yeah. Right. Imagine if you and your spouse could have another child in the afterlife. Like mm-hmm. that was always an option to do. Oh, like I could. There's never been this being before. A whole the, new person. I get in the history of the universe. And interact with and. Yeah. Yeah. Now again, I, I want to pay deference to the people that like I was responding to in that article. It is. There's something really gripping about the objection, like. But remember, it's forever. It is forever. Are you sure you want to do it forever? And I think at the very least, it, just going through all the literature on that and and writing about it, it made me much more amenable to the idea of an opt-out scenario. Where you can choose just to be annihilated. Like, why not? Why wouldn't the good afterlife architect include that as an option? If after very careful therapy and conversations, the person really has arrived at the conclusion that they are done, then, would or you, no, don't leave a revolver with a bullet on the table. Yeah, you know, would you ever, would you ever arrive at that point? Would you ever have gathered enough data to say, okay, yep, I'm ready to to not be? Because there's, it's it's, you can't even conceive of the what it's like to not be. There is no what it's like to not be. Yeah, I right? can't really. It's, it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. So how could you ever? Great. This is a. Uh, I love that you're kind of running through the logic of the paper. <laughs> yeah. So section three. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. On are there fates worse than personal death or mm-hmm. annihilation? And you want to you. The intuitive answer is yes. Like I can imagine an existence where it's oh torturous. my god, yeah. But on the other hand, like it's you can't really compare it to nothing. How do you, there is no what it's like to nothing. Yeah. That's just what it means. Is there is no what it's like. Yeah. So it's just very difficult to compare the experiences of that. Sure. Um, do you find it fundamentally problematic to include an opt out function? Like well, if, I. When the show, I was sad. I was sad. So here's the problem. Okay, yeah. You've got friendships, relationships in the good place. Great. Now, and, Clint, and in the show, like they start kind of dropping off. This each happens. Of, yeah. yeah. So I'm there for however long, however many Baramies. Yeah. And then Clint decides he's done. He's had enough. He's ready to go. And now the rest of my existence is going to have be tainted with sadness because I miss my buddy Clint. Not only that, when I was watching it, I felt so Eleanor and Chidi are like soulmates or whatever. Yeah. And so they're kind of the love thing throughout the whole show. Eventually Chidi, that's a, that's a male name. Yeah. Um decides that he wants to exit. He's content. He's ready to go. And I couldn't help but feel like oh my gosh, imagine being Eleanor. Yeah. And like I'm not good enough to stay around. Right. Of stick course. around. You don't love me enough to stay here and I mean, yeah, she cries a bunch because yeah. But it's not only like I'm. I'll be sad when you're gone. Yeah, it's that like I'm uh, the not novelty enough. has worn off. Yeah, I'm not interesting enough for you to stick around anymore. That's brutal. That sucks. That's that's pretty rough. 
So if we want to say, I guess, going back to the sadness thing. Why does con- also in the show, mm. and I I enjoyed it, I'm not, but I do kind of want to pick it apart a little bit. Right, that's what we're why, do. why does... Why does reaching contentment mean that now you're done? Do, haven't <laughs> you just you started? Yeah, like, isn't you, that all the... You finally arrived Isn't that the freaking frick, goal that, of all this that we're doing? Like, people are striving for it. And then the second <laughs> that you get it, now you want to leave? Yeah. That's so bizarre. Yeah, that is weird. Just how it's phrased. I mean, maybe yeah. you can phrase it differently. Yeah, uh, yeah. But. They describe it as, as being at peace with the time they've spent there and... Yeah. They don't need any more time. Mm-hmm. That's a dog trying to break into a basement. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's not used to the lock we've put on the door, so he tries to nudge it with his okay. nose and then he gives up like that. So so back to the um the sadness thing, this idea that there might be some form of suffering in the good place. You and I were talking earlier about how I don't know if you want to dive into the meaning thing, but mm-hmm. like part of what gives our life meaning are the things we contend with and overcome the struggles that we face and give ourselves to and then rise to and overcome gives us a sense of i think i think it's built into human nature yeah to want to grapple with reality and and overcome challenges in some way so i'm not convinced necessarily that the quote unquote good place should be without its challenges you know yeah it's and I'm right there. I don't think. I think you would want to have that. It's just where where do you draw the line between a challenge and then like a painful grief? Yeah, yeah, a stricken experience. Um, yeah, but I guess like watching the show, writing that paper, just thinking about it, and as I progress through in this little spiritual journey I'm on, I don't. I know a lot less than I thought I did about the afterlife, about yeah. heaven. If it sounds if it seems really good to me, I'm not too worried about just kind of like chucking it in there into my <laughs> what it might be concept like. of what it's like. Like, oh, that okay, cool. Yeah, let's yeah. have some challenges. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe the good architect would not design it to where you just you get prime rib right whenever you think about it, or Mountain Dew or something. Yeah, maybe I have to g- like actually get up Work off of my golden lounge chair <laughs> and go grab one myself. Yeah, I'd exert some effort. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I'm just I'm I guess I'm kind of the, at the place where I do think it's a real place of existence. I don't really know what it's going to be like, but yeah. I do trust if God is genuinely morally perfect, then it's going to be He's got perfect. a good plan. Yeah. 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 Um and that, that we won't we won't have it figured out before we die. Mm-hmm. You know? Nobody knows what's happening when you die. There's a lot of claims, a lot of people who think they know. Nobody knows what happens. Maybe, oh, here, let me just circle back. I think I found a better answer. Mm. The reason I like the opt-out button is not because I think a lot of people will do it. It's that avenue. It's what the characters in the show initially brought up. Like The fact that you could leave gives the rest of it more meaning. Like It has choice. It's not coercive. It would feel kind of strange if you could never, ever leave. It would feel like a prison of some kind. Even though it's really, really good. Like There would be this texture of it where, like, oh, I could never, ever... I'm trapped here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, although, like, you may leave when you're ready, I'm kind of of the persuasion that no one will leave. They will never be ready to go. Right. Um, 
kind of similar. Yeah. If you'll follow me for a second, I will. Um, analogous to how sometimes we talk about the character of God and God's moral perfection. It's what what I mean by that is God always does what is morally best. Not that he has to mm-hmm. or constrained to, because that suddenly kind of pulls the meaning out from yeah, under us. I think God could do evil, but right. does not. And that's what makes him good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's this genuine possibility of choice and alternative. You could go down that path, but this thing is so winsome and fulfilling and meaningful and renewable and inexhaustible that I want to keep doing it. Yeah. I could get on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. This is not to say that it even exists at all. No. We just constructed that. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully. I think that's worth hoping for. Yeah. Going out and finding evidence for a being that might ensure that possibility. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's a discussion for that's, you. Of the that's good place. a review of our review of the Good Place show and the finale. Yeah. Yep. Super enjoyable. Uh, although we've spoiled everything, if you some for some reason listened to this and haven't seen it, it's still worth going and watching. It'll have you laughing out loud. Great show. Yeah, that's a good show. It's worth grappling with these ideas for yourself. And if you have any other questions or little filaments of that finale or other parts of the show you'd like us to dive into at some point, feel free to write in the show. We just did a mailbag episode. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we'd be more than happy to do that again. We yeah, that really was enjoyed that. That was good. Um, yeah, so write into the show at open to truth podcast at gmail.com and be sure to hit that subscribe and like button below. That would really help us out. We'll awesome. see you next time. See you next time. Stay curious. Stay curious.